dog yesterday, and then we realized it was International Dog Day yesterday. That was so ironic, that was. It was International Dog Day, and Julie got uh, this just wonderful little uh, cuddly little dog that I'm slowly getting used to. So, yeah, have you really? <laughs> Well, this message is so important, and, uh, and, and we're in a series, so I've got to go line by line for the video and for you to look back on. Get your Bibles out, uh, take some notes, if you will, but I want to really um, get this message across the line into your spirit, and the whole notion of this message, um, I, I believe, is so important to this day and age. So it's about having an overcoming spirit. Who needs that right now? Maybe you got a health issue, maybe a finance issue, maybe whatever it may be. Um, but an overcoming spirit, I honestly believe, is what we need in this day and age. Uh, you do have an overcoming spirit. And I want to prove that to you uh, via the Word of God. So, amen. Who's ready for this message? And so, it's part of a series. You can go back and uh, the overcoming spirit. And this segment of the series is called Abiding and Walking in Victory. Please help me this morning. If you can say amen or some audience participation is very, very encouraged. Um, amen. God bless you. And who's visiting today in the house? I see my Port Macquarie buddy there and uh, marketplace leader in Port Macquarie. Awesome. And, um, and others are here too. God bless you. Oh, Dale and Dale and Tracy. Uh, Dale and Tracy, good friends, and uh, they're a part of an organization that's uh, doing a good work. And uh, we give them a hand clap, can we? Give them some love. And we're going to see the movie after this, so I encourage you to come. It is graphic, it is poignant, uh, but we need maybe to be impressed upon to, uh, you know, ruffle our feathers, rattle our cage. Uh, to understand what's happening on the planet. Um, and so there is good news amongst it, and uh, I, I encourage you. 5784, if you are um, uh, following the Hebraic calendar, the Hebraic New Year is coming around in September next month, and it is a big suggestion, and this is not just pie-in-the-sky stuff. There's a lot of commentary in the Word of God that suggests at this particular, this particular year, the new year that will roll around, which is 5784, we're in 5783 now, this new, this, not new financial year, this new uh, Hebraic uh, year will have a huge connotation of year of open doors. Who needs that? So if you feel like there's an open, open door before you, maybe you've been contemplating through decision-making, something is uh, just, you know, stirring you in your spirit, and you've got a door to walk through. It's going to be maybe a, a huge door, uh, but it is about stepping forward into the promise that God has for you, maybe. Uh, we are indeed a people on the move. Who believes that? We, I was just speaking to and Andrew Pether's uh, mother, who's going back to WA tomorrow. And I said, know this, that we're on the move for all our days. We're, we're you know, we're, we're getting to know God more. And it's an adventure. Life is a journey. We never pull up short uh, and, and just hang around. 
No, we're on the move. We are a people on the move. Who can believe that? I want to say this prophetically. What you have endured is preparing you to walk through maybe that door of promise. Someone needed to hear that. But can I tell you this? There is a war over that door, that door of promise. It's real. There is a war. And that's why we need to be an overcomer. It's true, and I want to get to this part of the series later, that your mouth, that your prophetic declaration through the Word and that unction of prophetically what God is saying to you, that allows you to go through the door. Am I speaking to someone this morning? So we're going to get into that later, but this message is about abiding and walking in victory. Now, I just need to give context As much as you pray, 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 you need to abide, abide, abide in the Lord. There it is. You know, that's where I want to get to. As much as you need to pray, 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 Jeff, for that business uh, opportunity, you need to abide in the Lord, in His presence, commune with Him, hang out with Him. And that's why my music selection is always very important uh, on my car, at home, our house is like a sanctuary. Uh, uh, truly, we, we hardly, or unless I heard you put some party music on for the young grandchildren. Did you know there's a party uh, tape? What is a dance mix for your grandchildren? And I hear this music. We are family. What's going on? You know. And of course, Julie's got the dance mix for the grandchildren, and they love it. They love it. And we know Moses loves that song. We are champions. What is it? We are the champions, no more losing. We are the champions. That could have helped me with my introduction to my my message, actually. Can we just do a PowerPoint? Thank you. Pray for the people doing the PowerPoint. We've got a lot of PowerPoint. Jesus paid the ultimate price to set us free from all the limitations we put on ourselves. Jesus didn't do what he did so we would stay bound with fear, powerless to go out uh, and obey what God has placed in our hearts. When our Lord died on the cross, he set us free, free to live a life more abundantly for him. So yes, it is hard out there. And sometimes it feels like the world, and I call it the existential drama of the world that is actually lapping up on the shore of our life in many ways is is quite real and it is quite hard to bear but no matter what the world throws at you anxiety fear confusion temptation you have a choice on how to respond did i just speak to someone right there you have a choice how you face every day in those problems And this is what I'd like to say to you. You can concede defeat or live in the victory that he has promised you. Amen? It's easy to choose victory, but are you ready to live it out in the day? Are you ready to win the fight against fear? And I talked about that in the series. Uh, We call it the great exchange. We know the great exchange is when you gave your life to the Lord, you traded in your sin and you receive salvation. But the great exchange that's been happening on the planet in the last five years is the exchange of the fear of the Lord for the, for the fear of the Lord, for the spirit of fear. Yeah. People have been induced, have been 
triggered to be now living in fear. And that's what we've got to be so careful of. So we need to overcome, not just in theory, but in practice. Can I hear an amen? And that's why we sing the songs that we sing, these victory songs we sing. And we need also to realize that sometimes we need to pick up those five stones from the brook and we need to run towards our, our problems, our issues, and prepare to shout and declare and decree God's will over those situations. Amen. That's why we, I love this morning, we were shouting, we were raising our voices. This is all good. This is a culture shock for some reason who's used to quiet church, but in the Pentecostal church, we have a prophetic declaration that we love to, who loves to shout out? Amen. The Psalms say, 100 and verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Oh, what about this one? Psalm 47 verse 1, oh, clap your hands. Can I hear a clapping? Oh, you peoples, shout to God with a voice of triumph. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. You know, <laughs> make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of His praise, His name. Make His praise glorious. <laughs> Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. That's why we shout. I heard one preacher say, the devil hates clapping. He hates it when we shout. He hates it when we clap. It's when the walls of Jericho come down and giants come down. They collapse, those giants, those walls of Jericho. They, you know what? Even to a hardened man who's got this wall around him, those walls can come down, ladies. Good news. They can come down. That's why we sing, shout to the Lord. Who knows that song? My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. Oh, you guys are on fire this morning. Let me ask you, what would happen if you faced your challenges in the name of the Lord? What would life be like if your goal in every situation was to bring glory in His name? What would happen if you fully embraced God's strategy for a victory, which is the story of this church? That's how this church is here. By prophetic declaration, by the gift of faith, we brought this church to its existence. And we did that by staking our claim by declaring and decreeing the promise of God over this land, and it happened. And if you did those things, you would be living as an overcomer. Amen? Amen. And believe it or not, believe it or not, that's who you truly are. You are an overcomer. Not just these athletes, not just Rafa Nadal and Djokovic, who won that most extraordinary game last Monday. They're still talking about it how he beat that young 
Alcaraz, that guy is just amazing. He's the new top gun, young guy. But Djokovic, hello, 36 years of age, beat him tooth, nail and claw with an overcoming spirit, won in two deciding sets. It was truly, people are still talking about it. But that's what we should be like. We should be like that. We should be, he was down for the count. He was having medical times out and stuff, but yet, Romans 8.37, yet, I'm sorry, I'm going to steamroll past through whatever you're saying, sorry. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I tend to live like that. Every born-again person possesses, has the inherent capacity to overcome the world and the flesh and the devil. You have the capacity to overcome. What's the world? The cosmos, the world is all the culture that surrounds you. Julie and I just recently booted um, a whole TV network out of our house because it was, man, it was just nothing to watch. It was, it was, it was presenting to me horror movies and weird stuff. I'm going, man, I don't subscribe to this stuff. Sorry, you are out of here. And that, that's the world, see? Packed it up, took it to the post office and sent it back in Jesus' name. We only go on to, we only go on to YouTube and watch Jesus stuff anyway. So every born-again person, can I say that again, has inherent capacity to overcome the world, the flesh. You can beat that flesh into submission, trust me. You can beat it into submission. Body, you will listen to me. You're not going to eat two pounds of chocolate cake today, I'm sorry. You're not going to eat a liter of ice cream because you're feeling blue. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm pretty brutal with my body. I beat it into submission. I do love ice cream, guys. Disclaimer, I love ice cream. Do not tempt me with ice cream. You, do not tempt me. I will eat it. And if I go to Europe, I will have a gelato every day. All right, confession time. I will have a gelato. Thank you. Where's my son-in-law, Evan? He helped me do that. <laughs> 1 John, sorry, Evan, I dobbed you in. 1 John 5, 4 says, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory I'm talking about, the culture of the world, the media and all that stuff. And whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born again? And this is the victory. I, I'm talking about the word victory that has overcome the world, meaning our faith. You've got to have not just doctrinal faith. You've got to have dynamic faith. God's speaking to you in the now, telling you how to address any situation you face. You can have, anyway, that's a whole nother lesson, and, but that faith needs to be dynamic, living faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Lord God Almighty, or in here it says the Son of God. You've got to believe that. You've got to get your hat and you've got to put it on that hook of knowing Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why we can say the shout of the king is amongst us. The shout of the king. You know when they shout at these sports events? Ah, the Matildas, ah! Man, there should be a shout around us all the time. And there is. Knowing God. Let's just briefly touch on that. And who is the king we need to know that. We need to know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I'm moving quickly, but I need to. We, can I say this prophetically? We are living in a new season. 
we are living. We're not going back to normal. We're not going back. It's not going to happen. We've moved on. We've turned a corner. We have arrived somewhere. The things that could be shaken are shaking, and things that can't be shaken cannot be shaken. We need to build on that overcoming spirit that is within us. We need to nurture it, encourage it, equip it, feed it. You have an overcoming spirit within you. Amen. And it won't be shaken. Those other things may be shaken in your life. Hebrews 12, 27, the words say, once more, indicate the removing of what cannot be shaken. Now, when I read that and I was driving to church this morning with Julie, I realized, do you know what, Jules? Do you know what's being shaken right now? Demons out of people. Catherine Crick is turning up into Sydney. She's been to Melbourne, caused a great big stir there with her deliverance ministry. But I'm realizing the things that are shaking right now are the the demon oppressed people call it and possessed too (laughs) you know what I mean those things are shaken and they're and they can be shaken in terms of God if we use the anointing and declare the authority of God and the power of Jesus over those things I'm sorry those things will shake and move and they will be released out of people that's the fact of the matter It happened in the Bible days, it's happening now again, and it's become mainstream, and there's a great movie to watch all about that. Prophetically, to be an overcomer, we need to be discerning, and I said this uh, uh, before, we need to be careful about the world inducing fear into us, you know, through health authorities and even the government, you know, they're not going to put me on. I've talked to you about driving on the road. I drive by grace on the road. I don't drive by fear. I'm not going to, Julie gets upset with me anyway. She doesn't want me to use that. You'll have to go back and watch that. But I drive by grace. I drive safely, people. I drive. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I like driving. I like eating. I'm not in fear of anything. I love people. I engage with people, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. You know that scripture, PowerPoint, to live in this new season. The only fear we need is the fear of the Lord and abiding, intimate relationship, knowing Jesus, knowing Jesus, and the victory that He's given us. Amen? That's what we need right now. Then we can walk in a victorious lifestyle with a perspective of victory, knowing that we can go through the storms, the trials, and the tribulations of life. That was a PowerPoint. hope it went up. Did it? Oh, so it's not going to come up on that one? All right, just as long as I know. Can I admonish you? Study the Word of God. Speak and pray the Word of God. In the first years of the church, I would get my guitar out and I would go to the first 20, 20 psalms, the psalms, the first 20, seemingly in the first 20 psalms is a lot of narrative talking about how to hold the line and push through and press in. And I just found myself banging away on the guitar. What was I doing? I was prophetically praying and declaring my way forward. Sometimes just your own words, you run out of vocabulary. You need something fresh. You need something that will make your spirit come alive. And the word makes a way for you. Amen? Amen. So can I admonish you to do that? Walk out your days is important with authority as a believer. 
then speak prophetic scriptural declarations. I said that, that the Spirit of the Lord that gives you over your life and into your life. We need to do that. But I just wanted to say this. I wanted to make a point about this. You do have the Holy Spirit alongside you, helping you. Helping you because the Holy Spirit is an overcoming spirit. Who believes that? The parakletos, that one that comes beside you. He's your helper. He's the comforter. He's the counselor, but he's the helper. I love that. Just, just pull up right there. Are you here to help me? Great. I need all the help. The greatest prayer you can ever pray is help me. Who's ever prayed that prayer? Help me. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Six dimensions of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not, I can't get into this, but I will say one of them is the executor, not the executor, but the execution of that, say like your, your inheritance that you will get one day maybe. It helps us claim all that Christ has done for us. The Holy Spirit helps us claim that victorious spirit that is yours in Jesus' name. Two, it's our energizer. It's our, that's where we get animated. It helps us uh, it, when we receive power and clothed with power, as it says in Luke, it helps us get animated and demonstrative, say. Third, our equipper, the Holy Spirit, equips us with gifts to supernaturally live this life. Who wants to live a supernatural life? The Holy Spirit will give you those gifts of discernment, of prophecy. It's amazing. Our encourager. Who needs encouragement from the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit? I need it every day. I need the affirmation from me. The big, biggest one I've had is in the last probably 10 years is the affirmation of the Father because we worship Jesus, we know Jesus, we love Jesus, we worship but we had pulled up short from the Father. The Father was still waiting on the veranda saying, come, come, my son's awesome. Yes, he's the way, the truth, the life to me, but to me. Bring it in, bring it in. And so one of the great messages of the church of late is the sonship message. Amen? Yeah. And who's imbibed of that? It's been fantastic. Our expediator, the Holy Spirit, brings things through his intercession. He opens doors, untangles messes. Who needs the Holy Spirit to untangle a mess right now? In your business, in your, in your situation, whatever it is. He does that. He's our expediator. And next, our equalizer. He creates a level playing field whereby you can take on these baddies in your life. He suits you up in Ephesians, helmet, you know, the sh shoes of the gospel, breastplate. You know, he equips you to go out into battle. And so that's why we need the Holy Spirit. PowerPoint, knowing God means living in a way which a person can know the presence, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the power of God in their life. Who can say amen to that? Amen? Can I just say this? You are totally designed to know God. I was having this conversation. I can't be too, uh, I can't say too much about it, but it was one of the guys on the property during the week. Lovely guy. And I had the good pleasure to tell him, you are designed to know God, to commune with God. And I said, yeah, to hear him, to commune with him, to pray to him. And he was listening with all intent. He was all ears. Anyway, I'll get to the rest of that story. This is what Jesus was declaring possible when he said in John 17 verse 3, 
And this is eternal life. I want you to understand this word eternal life, that they may know you. That's what eternal life is, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So knowing God must become a reality in our lives to understand the definition of eternal life. Now, when I say eternal life, you might go straight to, oh, I'm living in heaven. I'm in heaven and, you know, I've got my mansion and I'm, I'm just there and I'm loving it. But it's way more than that. It's a phrase that's used multiple times. It's eternal life. And in the Greek, it really means zoe, Z-O-E. It's the everlasting life. So when we say, are you ready to receive eternal life? Are you ready to receive everlasting, the God life, the God kind of life? The rich, the abundant, the divine nature of God, His fullness, His joy, His power and His ability. Are you ready to receive that? Rather than just say, are you ready to go to heaven? Of course I am, I'll have that. But no, it's way more than that. Eternal life is way more. We should be saying to our prospective uh, people that we witness to do, hey, are you ready to receive the rich, abundant, divine nature of God, the fullness of love, the power and, and His ability? Oh yeah, give it to me now. Because that's what actually that means, eternal life. John 5, 21 says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. And what's that life? It's the everlasting life. It's the overcoming life. Oh, I'm biting, I'm, I'm trying not to spoil my thunder with a testimony. That life PowerPoint, that life that we receive from God when we are born again by the working of the Holy Spirit is the very God life existing in Jesus Christ. As we walk out our daily Christian walk with Jesus, we walk in the same victory, authority, and power that He walked in during His ministry on earth. Now, I could pull up right there and there. I could just pull up. That's how you're supposed to be living out your life. But somehow it's all been dumbed down to just us being nominal Christians, goody two-shoes, nice people. No, we're living in a conflicted world. we got to suit up in the armor of the Lord. And man, we've been, persecution is around, man. You, you would know it then that you're in, involved in a, in a spiritual war. And so it's true, it's the God life, because Jesus, because Jesus remained sinless, righteous, and holy, was victorious over the forces of the enemy, every principality and power, ruler and darkness and spiritual host of wickedness, as you can see in Ephesians 6, 12, when he rose from the dead, he placed us spiritually, positionally, in His righteousness and holiness. So you stand in a righteous position before the Lord. It doesn't depend on your feelings. It doesn't depend on if you're having a bad hair day. You have been placed spiritually in a position of authority in righteousness and holiness. Does that make sense? That's why we can quote 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, but thanks be to God. Oh, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is the Greek word, nikos. It is the, that's where we get the word nike for the athletic brand. It is the spirit, spiritual position of where we stand in Christ. You are standing, believe it or not, 
in a place of victory. That's why it says the keys of the kingdom have been given unto you. The keys of heaven have been given unto you. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Imagine those prayers. If I said you've got keys right now to release stuff, things that you need, healing. What about your children? Do you want to release anything on them at least? Uh, you, you, you seem pretty pretty humble people. I, no, I'm all good. I, I don't need anything. No, of course you need. You, you, you need. you need stuff. And he supplies all you need according to his riches and glory. But you've got to use the keys, the keys of, of prayer and that authority that God's given you. So the important thing to know is our faith is based upon the knowledge and trust. This is so important, the knowledge and the trust of who Jesus Christ is. PowerPoint, faith is living, praying, or simply believing God based upon our personal relationship and commitment to Jesus and trusting, trusting in who He is. Can I hear an amen? And that is at the very heart of who Jesus is, His authority and His power. We got to know that Jesus has authority. Uh, Exosia, exosia. Authority. He has authority. He has power. Junimus. He has that power. He walked in the in the authority and he exerted power. He walked under authority from God the Father because he was one under authority, like the centurion was. I'm one under authority. I tell this one go, and they go. Jesus, you don't even have to come to my place. If you say it, I know you're man, I know that you are the Son of God. And if you just say it, I know your command will transcend time and space and my servant will be healed. Imagine having faith like that because he's under authority like the centurion. And if you, can I just say this? And if you are not convinced of Jesus' authority over all things, your understanding of faith will be very small. If you don't understand he has authority over that sickness, over, that deme- over, over the elements, over creation, over, over, the, over your life, over the culture, over the mountains, that's why those mountains can be moved. Amen? He can move mountains, man. He's not joking. He walked on water. He, he rose the dead, raised the dead. So many scriptures about the authority that has been given to Jesus. And the classic one, you know it, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Many people know Jesus as a teacher, as a prophet, but Christianity attributes inherent divinity to Jesus from which flows his immutable, immutable authority. And when you know this, it is a game changer. You know it. And I could quote the scripture, the preeminence of Christ, Colossians 1.15, which basically says he, he's the reason behind everything created. He's the reason that we're here. Everything invisible and visible and the principalities and powers, all were created through him. Does that sound big enough yet? He is before all things and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. 
for it is pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell. Are you getting the point by now? Colossians 1.20, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, through Him, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. And I should say to the people viewing, it's from Colossians 1.15 to 1.20. You can read that PowerPoint. This is why we must first believe that God is good, that He is the creator and sustainer of the entire universe, that Jesus has given us, and the next PowerPoint, that Jesus has given us the permission to operate in that authority in the earth. Third, if you are not convinced of Jesus' power over all things, the demonstration of your faith will be small. Now, I've got to cut to the chase here, and I will just say, we just can't have an academic view of God. We, some people try to get to know God through uh, even theology, doctrines, belief systems. But do you know there's even some great se seminary professors that don't even believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can study yourself to the cows come home and still end up out of a divine relationship with God. Charles Finney, just quickly, Charles Finney said, the end of all doctrine and theology is practical application. That guy was a giant theologian, and he extrapolated the Word of God, and his, his messages and sermons in the Second Great Awakening brought about nationwide change, change, you know, because he talked about God saw them, the people, as his creation, that he valued them, he loved them. He, 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 he was a God that was trying to dignify them in every imaginable way. And that brought about the civil war anyway, because of the slave anyway. But John and Charles Wesley, I love this, two brothers, yeah, they, they're knowing God through the word, through the word. They were Methodists, which was a uh, derogative uh, terminology for them because it meant me method methodical. Methodist meant methodical study of the word and prayer. Just methodical, methodical. But guess what happened? Guess what happened? One of them caught fire. And when, and when John Wesley caught fire and was introduced by faith to the Son of God, Jesus, who has power and authority and is over all things, he got shaken down to his very core and he preached like a madman. He preached like one on fire. And guess what happened to Charles? Charles. Charles. Finally, I got a Charles. And do you imagine, three times I had to say Charles to get the, the real Charles in the house to, to sit up. And uh, it, it's hard bringing him from cyberspace because he was out there, man, I could tell you. He's a, anyway. Charles, 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 Charles. No, sorry, wrong. <laughs> we might ask the audience. What's the audience say? Charles Dickens, he created these one. Charles Dickens. Charles Wesley. Thank you. Thank you, prompter. Uh, Create all the great hymns that we sing, amen? <laughs> all right, I'm going to cut to something here because I said I would. We need to abide in Christ. You know the scripture, John 15, verse 9. 
So I'm going forward, team. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. We'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done. You know the scripture. And when we, when we are communing with God, when we're abiding with Him, He then intuitively, you know that He is on the inside of you. And every battle that He won, you know that your battle can be won. Basically, there it is. The battle we wage in the world is not just won through prayer, but I, I'll tell you this, it is, run, it is won through communion of God. You've got to commune with God. You've got to hang out with Him. John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Let me give you a couple of promises, and I'm done. These overcoming promises Jesus gave to the, through the book of Revelation to the early church that was suffering a lot of persecution. I'm talking about the first century church that was suffering from the Romans and everything else. And he saw them suffering. He saw them persecuted, as the Bible says. Um, For then there will be a great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever will be. And so he gives these promises in these turbulent times. And if you want to go to the book of, your book of Revelations, turn open to chapter 2 quickly. Some of these promises go like this to the overcomers. God's calling us to be overcomers like Abraham. Abraham just believed in God and it was a credit to him as righteousness. He overcame all the obstacles, believed God what he said, and he, through him, a nation was born. He Abraham was an overcomer. He wants us to be an overcomer. Here it is. He wants, he can, and he will give you the victor's crown. Revelations 2.10. Meaning the crown of life. The crown of life. During a time of crisis, listen to me, reigning in life will be your portion through Jesus. Meaning you'll feel like this anointing come upon you. You'll be crowned to be a victor. I'd love to extrapolate more on that, but two, to eat of the hidden manna, Revelations 2.17. Check that out. During a time of tribulation, a special place of provision and communion will kick in for you and I when we're going through our stuff. Remember the Egyptians when they were released from captivity and God gave them the manna from heaven and he communed with them through that time. It represents a special place of provision and communion with Jesus during that time. I'm talking about communion with Jesus. I'm talking about communing with Him. This is what happens when you commune with Him, when you hang out with Him during the the week and during the day. Third, check out Revelations 2.26. You need to read into these stories why he's saying this. The power over the nations, and this is what we need right now. During a time of trial, spiritual influence and authority, ethnically, socially, and politically, those things that represent the nations, those things that are opposing us right now as Christians, he's saying, he's saying that he can give us power to overcome those things. This is referring to how Jesus will give us authority, power, and influence in these areas of the kingdom. And... 
the last one, the key of David. Check out Revelation 3, 7 to 8, and it's talking about an open door no one can shut, the key of David. Now, this is talking about when we're in crisis and the world's opposing us, and we're trying to expand the gospel and get the gospel out to all these nations, even Iran, and it has happened in Iran. Fastest growing church in the world is in Iran, the underground church. Why? Because the key of David opened a door that no man can shut. The key of David opens the doors in your life that no one can shut into your future days. I'm nearly done. The key of David is referring to the idea that even during a time of crisis and tribulation, there will come an opportunity to continue to be an effective witness for the gospel. And that's what happened this week, just quickly, under this building. I was talking to one of our guys, and I'll let you understand what that means. We have various guys working on the property. And this guy was all ears when I said to him, you are designed to know God, not you have to come to church. He's an older guy. He's been through a marital breakup. He's a lovely guy, but he didn't realize he was born to win. He was born to be victorious and overcome these things. So I had the good pleasure to say to him, you were designed to know God. Let's just start there. And he said, yeah, that's reasonable. Do you believe Jesus Christ walked the earth? Yeah. Performed miracles? Yeah. Died on the cross for your sins? Oh, I guess so. I said, well, there you go. That's a simple prayer that I can pray right now to introduce you to a conversation to know Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Boom. And guess what? He obliged. He obliged. Because that is our mission. Now, let me, I've got a prayer for you. Let's pray. We will be an expression of the love of God. Just before we're done, Leah, let's get this up. You're right, darling? This is my prayer for you. We will be in, we will be an expression of the love of God. Can I get an amen after each of them? We will be an expression of the hope of God. We will be an expression of the truth of God. That as we abide in Jesus, we will be the one who has words of truth, hope, and life to give to the world. And to demonstrate the love of God to the world. Even as we walk through something that we never wanted to or intended to walk through. This is where we get knocked out of the race. We go through our stuff. We're down at the supermarket. Now we're just thinking about woe is me and hardly done by. Oh, come in. We're having a pity party. It's woe is me at the door. Come in. Hardly done by is here too. How many sugars do you want? Well, we're having a pity party now. You know what I mean? And people see that dark cloud over you, man. I'm trying, you know, they're not going to want that. So you've got to have this victorious spirit. Jesus gives something of himself to the overcomer. That's what all that was about in Revelations. Each of those promises, Jesus gives to the overcomer and he's giving us a picture of giving something of himself to us to be an overcomer. As we abide with him, he takes us through the events and Jesus promises us that we can overcome indeed. And that 
in fact, allows us to grow deeper in God. Now, not everything He will pull you out. He will let you go through that valley. He'll let you go through that stuff because He's training you up in righteousness. He's training you up in faith. Some of you are going through the most monumental dramas and problems and crises, but guess what? He knew you would. And He wants you to get through it as an overcome, not knocked out of the game. He doesn't want you to come off the pitch and hand your jersey in. He wants you to be in a state of play constantly, scoring goals for Jesus, ready, nimble, able, overcoming spirit. You can hear the crowd of witnesses barracking you on. You're on every day you wake up, you can feel it. You're ready to pray. You have an overcoming spirit. You're dealing with ailments in your body. Oh, there's a pain right now in Jesus' name. I've an overcome. I'm dealing with that. Oh, my wife. She's woken up with a with a, an eye like dear Lord. She looks like a, a panda bear. Something's happened. It's a one point. In Jesus' name. Sorry. Julie had eye problems, so I've been praying about that. Because I have power and authority. I have the authority because all authority has been given to me, Jesus said. And therefore go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Verily, I will be with you to the very end of the age. This is what we're about. We're people that release by authority His virtue, His power. Who touched me? Someone with faith. That man under the building, he was looking at me in the eye. He's a businessman. He, you know, he's lost his whole business, lost everything. And he's looking at me, he's saying, could this possibly be true? Could there be a Jesus that loves me? He's a soft guy. First thing he said to me when he came here, I don't like people. Whoa, okay, that's a great introduction. Now, I understand that if you're on the spectrum and stuff, but no, he is a sensible guy. And he was just saying, I've been banged up, I've been betrayed and stuff. And you know what? Hanging around us over a couple of weeks only, the true colors. We are the salt that brings out the God flavor. We just put some salt on him. And man, then the God flavor started to come out. And the preservation of that goodness of his heart. And I prophesied over him and said, sir, you've got a good heart. You've got a good, you're quite considerate. You're a great listener. And he's like this, he's No one's ever said this to him, ever. So anytime I say anything, he's all ears. He wants to hear what I say because it's like directly from the throne of grace. Well, guess what? He gave his life to the Lord. I said, would you come to church? And he said, hang on, I'm not ready for that. (laughs) Let's all stand. God bless you, Father God in heaven. We love you. We bless you. We're more than overcomers. overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God who believes that and who says he abides in me just say that he abides in me he abides in me point to heaven he abides in me ought himself also to walk just as he walked I propositioned you that we should walk like Jesus walked The Bible says, shouldn't we walk like Jesus? Shouldn't we be healing, confessing the positive, declaring the goodness of God? You have authority in you. 
Would you pray for Julie and I? I have so much confidence that any word that you would utter, it would matter greatly to our family and, and our ministry. Would you say a prayer for us? Would you just say, Jesus, bless them? And then you might say in your emotions, well, that didn't sound really great. That didn't sound like Pastor Phil or Pastor Julian. How's that going to help? No, it does not work like that. You have permission because you're born again to go before the throne of grace with your petition, with your utterance, with your quiet, with your quiet pleas. You have permission, Shane, to take those things that are bearing down on your family, on your children, on your business, on your church. You have authority. You are more than overcomers. You have an overcoming spirit. Now what happened? The church got all sensible. We dialed that down. That's been too demonstrative. What's all the shouting about? What's all the clapping about? We're, we're just, this is, it shouldn't be any more than a TED talk and a nice comfortable existence singing Kumbaya to Jesus. I'm, I'm a, look, look, I'm living a prosperous life. Look, look how wonderfully dressed I am. Look, I just want to be nice. I just want to be nice. Well, guess what? The devil's not nice. And I heard one theologian say, God is not nice. He's good. God is good. He's not nice. Nice is, yeah, yeah. If someone said to me, you're nice. Oh, okay. Well, that's a start, I guess, but not real great. But if they said, you're good. Oh, okay. I like that. So we're called to be more than overcomers. Father in heaven right now, we declare over you right now, God is good all the time power prophetic declaration over you right now this is your worldview this is your core value God is good all the time can you say that with me God is good all the time two nothing is impossible with God can you say that with me nothing is impossible with God three everything that's needed say it with me everything needed to be accomplished was completed Point to the cross at Calvary. And four, as ambassadors of Christ. Now, now just put your chest out a little bit on this one. Or, or just put your regal, regal garments off. Pretend you're, you know, you've got some dignity. As ambassadors of Christ, say this after me. As ambassadors of Christ... We carry his delegated regal authority. And the saints say, and the saints say, amen. Let's sing. Let's sing. 